praise the living Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Right, so it's home church today in my crib. Okay, is that a cool thing to say? Because, uh, yeah. Oh, so my wife just told me that crib is gone. So what's the, what's the new word now for? My mansion, right? No, I, I want a bigger house. So, sh Chateau. All right. <laughs> Amen. Someone is thinking that this guy is serious at all. You are very, very serious. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Amen. It reminds me of those days when I used to go to church. Mm. Sunday was like, okay, let me start with this. Back then, uh, going to school was quite difficult, tough, because for many reasons, school was just not exciting to go to because you just want to pass your exams, graduate, and um, and then, you know, get a job, you know, live your best life. You just want to get a job. You just, you just want to start making money. So uh, school was not very pleasant, I guess because I was an international student. So uh, this, at that time, you know, in the UK, so the school authorities are quite uh, sometimes oppressive because they can they, th they tend to threaten you that you're going to lose your visa if you don't do this if you don't do that right so uh school and school week was not pleasant and church had the same feeling so there's this this is dread around going to church and I was not, I was not always looking forward to church. So I go to church to serve God, to get something. But because there's a performance-based relationship that I have with God at that time, my Sundays were just tough and difficult because after service, you don't even know whether you've done enough. You know, and I used to be part of a church where they tell you to do like four things for God to bless you. If you don't do this, God will not bless you. You need to buy this, you need to do that. So I was just always exhausted. And coming to know Christ Jesus, by myself, I'm according to the word of God, having a relationship with the Father, though I've been a Christian, understand the goodness and the kindness of God just liberates me. You know, I then realized that I don't need to be afraid of God. The Bible says a perfect love casts out fear. There's no fear in God, right? There's torment in fear. So with God, there is no torment. So if church is not exciting for you to attend and you're not kind of excited leaving church that does not mean that the pastor did not by the holy spirit rebuke you right but there's to be joy in you because you know that god is rooting for your success god loves you god god is kind towards you amen so coming to know the goodness and the kindness of god have really really transformed my life and makes my christian life so amazing so likewise your christian life should be amazing you know many people don't want to go to church they don't want to have anything to do with christianity because it's just full of rules and regulations and standards that they cannot meet amen am i safe i'm looking at my wife because they give me signals if i was fine if i'm fine right so uh you know I've tried to help so many people who don't want to be serious Christians or don't want to commit their life to Christ. And some people who don't want to go to church at all. I've tried to help them to understand that there's life in Christianity. There's life in church. You know, it is in Christianity that there's life. And Christianity is not a religion. You can tell from my passion and excitement that, come on. Wait, see, I said to someone one day, I said, with what I know now about a Christian faith, right? It would be insane of me not to give my life to Christ. It would be insane of me not to be a child of God. Amen. So your Christian life, if it is uh, dreadful, if it is dragging, if it is un unpleasant, if it is depressing, it's one of two things. You don't know Christ 
oh, you are wrong. You're, you're working with the wrong crowd, right? Because even if I may be wrong, I may be uh, rolling with the wrong crowd. When I say wrong crowd, I'm talking about Christians who don't believe in the gospel truth. You know, even if I'm rolling with the wrong crowd, that does not, that should still not steal my joy, right? So if you are rolling with the wrong crowd for, uh, after a while, it's going to affect, you know, your level of confidence and assurance. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit was laying this thing in my heart during the week about the, the impact of company on people's mind, the company you keep, the relationships you keep. I've seen people who were sound, intelligent Christians become highly unintelligent people because they started rolling with the wrong crowd of Christians who are living a kind of a performance-based relationship with God. Now, people will set you standards, rules, principles that you must follow for God to be happy with you. People will tell you that Jesus is not enough for you. You need to add more to it, right? And the question which you ask them is this, what did you need to do to be saved? All you needed to do was to believe in Jesus Christ, to accept him, in, to, to accept um, him as your Lord and Savior. That's all you needed to be. To, that's all you needed to do to become a child of God. So now that you're a child of God, so why are you trying to add more things to it so that God can accept you? It makes no sense because on believing in Christ Jesus, you were accepted once and forever in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that's why you see you you see us laugh. We're excited. You know, it's not that we just we don't know what we're doing, but we're so we we rejoice in the Lord because God has been good has been good to us and God is so good to us. Amen. Praise the Lord. That was my welcome charge. So let's kick off today uh, with this title: knowing the Holy Spirit, knowing the Holy Spirit. My wife asked the question last night. And it was, it was a question I was thinking about too in my mind. And the question is, why do we tend to forget the Holy Spirit in our everyday life? Why do we tend to forget the Holy Spirit in our everyday life? Before I answer that question, before we look into it together, let's start with the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? So my objective in the next couple of weeks or next couple of months <laughs> or years teaching this you know, when I, when I say that, it's because I do not know how long we're going to stay spend uh, helping us with the Holy, uh, you know, in this journey of knowing the Holy Spirit. Because I want us to know Him. Amen. I want us to know Him. Say, I would not be here today in my Christian journey. I mean, based on what I know and how I function, if I did not know the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying I've known Him very well or well enough. I still want to really know Him that He becomes much more real to me than um, He is to me now, right? So, but let's, let's, let's make a start from here. So knowing the Holy Spirit, I want us to know the Holy Spirit at the end of this journey. I mean, know him much more, much better. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Guys, bear this in mind. In the world we live in today, there are demons and unclean spirits. In the world we live in today, there are demons and unclean spirit, violent spirit. The book of Ephesians called them spiritual wickedness in high places. Not spiritual kindness, spiritual wickedness in high places. We easily and readily see the operations of demonic forces on earth. And these guys, like they are so loud, so arrogant, and try to secure our attention, try to distract us so that we will not, one of the reasons, so that we would not be conscious or even be aware of the power at work on the inside of us. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that the power 
of God is at work on the inside of us. 119, Ephesians 119 tells us the kind of power that is at work on the inside of us. He talked about the power, the same power with which God raised Jesus from the dead. Right. So the power of God the, in the person of the Holy Ghost is at work on the inside of you. Jesus was raised from the dead by the Spirit of God, by the power of God. So the believer is not helpless. So before we go on, let me do the work the Holy Spirit wants me to do before I get into my note. So before we carry on, so the question is, which spirit are you subscribing to? Which spirit are you conscious of? Which spirit are you yielding yourself to? Do you know how we yield ourselves to this ungodly spirit? We yield ourselves to them by doing the things uh, they stand for. Adultery, immorality, gossip, lying, throwing other people under the bus, attacking people, backbiting. Now, because evil spirit, demonic spirit are called unclean spirit. So when we give ourselves to any form of uncleanliness, and when I'm not talking about physical hygiene, but those filthy emotions, those filthy desires, when we give ourselves to those things, we are yielding to this unclean spirit who are not nice in any way, but they come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. Uh, I was doing some meditation last night. I was just thinking, I was pondering, and I reminded myself of the reason why I should not be bothered by what goes on in the life of anybody, any Christian. You know, I when I say what goes on in their life, I mean if any evil thing happened to any Christian, any pastor, any evangelist, I should not be concerned. I should not be bothered. I can pray for them but not get myself disturbed over whatever is happening to them. You know why? One of the ways the enemy threatened me and held me back for so long from stepping into doing what God has called me to do was to threaten me with the evil that has happened in the life of other Christians. So you see the devil say things like, look at that pastor. Look at that Christian. Look at what happened to them. Look at what happened to them. And you want to go on the same similar journey. You will die. Or something evil will happen to you. Bear this in mind. Whether you do what God has called you to do or not, the devil will always attack you. Boom. Whether you do or you don't do, the enemy will always come against you. But you'll be at a disadvantage point, position, where the enemy can take you out very quickly if you don't do what God is calling you to do. And I have personal experience here. I'll repeat that. So let me take it for a, little, a few steps back. So the, the devil will tell you that, look at what happened in the life of that person. Why do you want to be a Christian? Christians are suffering. Christians are poor. If you become a Christian, you will not be able to live a good life. If not, if not, it will take all manner of stuff. And you know in your heart that you should follow the right way. You should follow God. You should do what God is calling you to do. You should do what is right. And I'm saying to you that whether you do what you're supposed to do or not, the enemy will always come against you one way or the other. He will always look for opportunity to attack you, to take you out. The beautiful thing is this. The Bible tells us that the devil, as a roaring lion, go about seeking whom he may devour. Right? So the devil is looking for someone he can destroy. So that tells us that if you don't stay in the lane of the devil, I mean, if you don't stay in the boundary and the territory of the devil, doing ungodly things, he cannot take you out. He may come into your space and attack you and you have the right to stand against him. So there are two different things here. Holy Spirit, help me. I know it seems I'm going off course, but I'm not. I'm just speaking the things I see in my spirit. 
And I feel, I feel God, I believe God is speaking to someone. Now, I'm trying to call out the fact that the enemy goes about seeking, seeking whom he may devour, which means he cannot devour everyone. If he could, he will have destroyed everyone. So it is who is available to him, who makes themselves available to him that he can devour. It is who makes themselves available to the devil that the devil can destroy. And how do we make ourselves available to the devil to destroy? By doing the things that are of the devil. The second thing we do to make ourselves available to the enemy is by not doing what God has called us to do. Not giving ourselves to what God wants us to do. Not yielding to the Spirit of God. So connecting this back with the meditation I was doing yesterday about the fact that the enemy will point fingers at some people that things are not going on in their life, things are negative are going on in their life and try to threaten you with that. And I said, you know, now on one more step back, I said, you know what, I don't allow myself to be bothered by what I see in the life of people around me. Now, putting everything together, all I've said, all everything I've narrated to you is to tell you that anybody can yield their mind to unclean spirit. And when they yield their mind or their life to unclean spirits, the enemy can make a mess of them, regardless of who they are, whether they are born again or not born again. So once they're back again, so the question is, which spirit do you yield to? The spirit of God or the spirit of the world? Amen. Uh, that's a word for someone there. So let's carry on. So in the world we live in today, you know, uh you know before if i go into that one let me, let's talk about the holy spirit let's 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 go take many many steps back the first mention of the holy spirit in the bible in the old testament genesis 1 26 uh oh no 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 i think this was earlier than that let's go back let me go there uh genesis let's go to genesis chapter 1 uh genesis 1 1 it's earlier than that 126 was when he said let us make man our image now genesis 1 1 in the beginning, this is the New King James Version. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So that's the first mention of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. right? And um, in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, I'm trying to get that very quickly. It reads, let's what God speaking. Said. Then God said, okay, the, Bible, the author said, the author wrote what God said. So not that God speaking. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us make God in our image. I'm trying to help us a little bit here to understand who the Holy Spirit is. At this point in time, I'm going to jump a few things because of my time. Um, so let's go to the book of uh, James chapter 2, verse 26. James 2, 26. It reads, it says, For as the, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. For as the body, human body, without the spirit is dead, so faith without work is dead. So the Bible is telling us here that 
Human beings are not the body. Now, Paul said in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, he said, he's, um, he's held between two decisions or options, either to be with Christ, right, uh, which is to come out of the body, or to be with the church, which is to remain in the body. And if you go to the epistles, uh, the epistles even the book of Peter, looking for Peter, you, would, you see the Bible telling us about the fact that our body is a tent, right? Our body is a tent. And we all know that if we are just our body, our physical body, if we are just our physical body, then when a person dies, why are they not moving? So what's the place of death? Because if a person is just a body and we can see the body, you know, I don't know whether I've seen a corpse before. I've seen the, I've seen the, the, the lifeless body of my stepfather, right? If you see, you, if human beings were just their body, right? If you can still see the body, the body should be able to move. But we know that when a person dies, we can still see the body, but the body is lifeless. The body cannot move. So let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Genesis 2, 6, 7. Genesis 2, 6, 7. It's Genesis 2, 7. Sorry. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So there was a formation of the body first, but the body was lifeless. There was no life in it. Right? And then, when after God breathed in, into that body, that that man became a living being. So that tells us that we do not exist if we don't have a spirit. Or we do not exist if we are not a spirit. So we exist because we are a spirit. Our body moves. Our body can do stuff. We can talk. We can blink. We can do stuff because there is a spirit on the inside of us. Right. So likewise, if human beings are primarily a spirit. John 4.24, Jesus said, God is spirit. You know when God said, let us make a man in our image after our likeness. What image and likeness do you think it's, he was talking about? In my understanding, it is spirit. Right? Genesis um, is in 1.26 now. Yeah. So let us make man in our image after our likeness. And the Bible tells us that he made male and female. But after God made male and female, we did not see them. Until in Genesis chapter 2, when God formed a human body and breathed into that body, you know, and that body became a living being. So, in my own opinion, right, even before the body of a human being were formed, in my own opinion, according to my understanding as of today, right, mankind was existing. Human, I don't want to say human beings. Mankind was existing in a spirit form before, you know, they were actually put in the body. Oh, yeah, put it, I'm going to put it that way. Amen. I'm trying to establish to us, you know, this is tundiology, right? So in case you want to, 
you want to verify you want to, or some people negative people want to attack me which are not in church today right this is theology right so human beings are primarily a spirit an example is this do you know jesus was existing before he was born as a child and the bible says that he was chosen before the foundation of the world or from the, from the foundation of the world as a lamb of god <laughs> who's gonna take away the, your, your sin my sin even God speaking to Jeremiah, he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb. So, because the, the, the human body is formed in the womb, apart from um, grandpa, great-grandfather Adam, who was formed, right? Who was spoken into being, I mean, the body in a sense, right? He said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. So, the human body is formed in the womb. So, who is that person before they were formed in the womb? So, it means that human beings are not that body that was formed in the womb, they are a spirit, so if you and I can establish with many facts that human beings are predominant, predominantly and primarily a spirit, then when you hear about the spirit of God, you know he's a person. That's the point I'm trying to make. The Holy Spirit is a person, is an entity. He's not a ghost or a fickle thing. He's not an abstract. He is real. The Holy Spirit does not have a human body. Like we have a human body. But it is real. And I think the more a believer can understand that he or she is a spirit, it will make it easier for them to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person. Because what we see in our everyday life is physical, carnal. I mean, we can smell them, we can touch them, we can feel them. Because we cannot see the Holy Spirit, and not, not, we have not seen our spirit either, because we cannot see the Holy Spirit, many of us don't, we don't tend to be conscious or aware of the Holy Ghost. But demons will come around to you to, to get your attention, to show off, to do a man of stuff. But you need to bear in mind that you are a spirit. And if you can be, if you can understand and establish in your heart that you are a spirit, and the Holy Spirit is a spirit and is a spirit of God, then you will not be afraid of demons and unclean spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the power with which God raised Jesus from the dead. And there's no other power or spirit in this world that's as powerful as the Holy Ghost. You may then ask, but why do I find it difficult to believe? Why do I find it difficult to deal with demons? See, your level of awareness and revelation of the power of the Holy Ghost, the level to which you yield yourself, you walk in the consciousness of the Holy Spirit, will determine how well you can subdue unclean spirits and unclean powers. And that was why I believe I was led by the Holy Ghost to tell you, first of all, that I don't bother myself and I'm still training myself not to bother myself about what I see in the world around me or whatever happens to any Christian because I do not know what they believe. I don't know what they've yielded themselves to. Some people will come on the platform and they'll preach, they will sing, but you don't know what they are doing in the secret. And if you are giving yourself to demonic spirits in the secret, they're going to take you out in the physical, in the open. So every believer must learn to mind their business. We'll pray for one another, but don't expect that an evil that happened to a brother or sister will happen to you. Singles, listen to me. Likewise, marriage. Some people, because the marriage of their mother, their friend, their aunties, their friend did not work, then they are afraid of getting married. It makes no sense because you don't understand the principles or the, the principles or the values that these two people in marriage built their marriage upon. It might be ungodly. 
See, marriage, marriage problems are not difficult to dissect. What you need to take your time to understand is how the man thinks and how the woman thinks. It tells us, it, that tells us that marriage is between a man and a woman, right? Man, male, woman, female, right? So if you want to see issues, if you want to understand the marital problems, it's not difficult. Skill yourself, upskill yourself in understanding people's mindset. So many people say, hey, marriage is under attack. The devil, no. bring the two people to the table and let's speak to them. So even if we have, I'm not saying the devil does not attack marriages. I'm not saying marriages don't experience attacks, but majority of the malfunctioning or what did you about? there's another one I'm trying to look for. Uh, this something, something is not, uh, this functionality, the majority of the dysfunction, okay, now my, my tongue is trying to find it. So somebody, I have a kid in the church today who's laughing at me right in front of me right now. Okay. <laughs> so many of the dysfunctionality, I got it. Well done. So many of the dysfunctionality going on marriages today is a function of what the people believe, their mindset, their expectations, what they think. Amen. So if one person's marriage is not working, don't allow that to bother you at all because you don't know what they believe. What is God's plan for marriage? That's your business. And stick your nose in that business. And I'm sure the person you want to marry subscribes, adheres to, believes, agrees with God's principles and values of marriage. It ain't your business. If the greatest man of God in your own eyes, in Nigeria or Africa, if their marriage, marriage failed. It ain't your business if their marriage failed because you don't know what's going on in your house. Many, many men, many pastors don't pastor their home. They don't pay, many people don't pay attention to their family. Many people ignore their home. Then they say something happened in somebody's marriage. And even when people pastor their home properly, right, if any member of the family begin to yield themselves to unclean spirit, it will affect the home. So marriage institution is not the problem, but the people in the marriage are the problem, are the, are the usual inroads to problems in marriage. Young man, listen to me. When your colleague at work is beginning to seduce you and telling you all the nice things that your wife is not telling you, and you think that's the alpha and omega beauty, that's the problem, that's the solution to the problem of your life, you lie. Because that, that other unintelligent person, uh, there's, there's a stronger word I use I can use, I, want, I feel I could use, but people get offended. That other unintelligent person knows you're married. Amen. This person knows you're married and they're still trying to manipulate, try to get you on their side. Do they think, what are they thinking? Do they think it will last forever? You can't have another man's husband forever. And the way you try to manipulate him and get him to yourself, you know, is the way another woman is going to come after him at some point. Guys, let's start thinking straight. And young man too, somebody asked me to do a video about the, uh, to talk about the consequence of a man leaving his wife and kids to go live with his mistress. Okay, I might get there next week. So what I'm trying to say is this. If any party is using to unclean spirit, it will affect things in the open. So uh, going back to what, where we stopped before I, um, I, 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 speak, I spoke to someone, the Holy Spirit is a person, right? Uh, let me go further down. So let me, let's quickly look at a few scriptures that tells us that, that the Holy Spirit is a person. John chapter 14, verse 15. John 14, 15. I'll read to verse 17. And this is Jesus speaking. He said, If you love me, keep my commandment, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may... You see that? And I will pray the Father, 
and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I think the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. So if you read carefully there, you see Jesus referring to the Holy Spirit as a he, a person. So the Holy Spirit is a person and Jesus said he will abide with you. And not for one second, not only when you are in church, but forever. I will get into more details of this uh, as we carry on in this teaching series. The Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. So can I jump ahead of myself and tell you that the Holy Spirit is not a feeling? How many of you have felt your spirit? So because you are not feeling good on a particular day, you think the Holy Spirit is not with you. That's not correct. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. He is a person. He's been deployed you know, to be with you forever, not for a moment. Even in your worst state, even when you're doing some silly stuff, the Holy Spirit is there to help you, to pull you out of that mess if you want to get out of it. That sounds scary, right? But it's the truth. It's a person. It's not a feeling. So when you go to meetings into Christian gatherings and they're saying, Holy Spirit, let us feel you. Oh, hallelujah. Can you, I can feel the presence of the Lord. I can feel the Holy Spirit in this place. You know that many times I don't, I don't feel anything. I've been in places where the person leading the worship was trying to get us to feel. He said, let us go quiet. Let's close our eyes and let's begin to feel the Holy Spirit. I think that's the second experience I'll have about it. Like in many other places. That day, my mind was in one million places. <laughs> so to tell me to feel, I, I'm not interested in feeling because I had a very long day at work. And I was working with the beast of Ephesus at that time, some horrible people in the workplace. I get, to, I mean, we were the devil after me. And they were just making my life, they were trying to make my life miserable. Right. So coming to a fellowship that evening, and I just, I was just trying to just cool down from the, all the fight I've had to do in the workplace in the morning and to the afternoon. So that evening, don't tell me to feel anything. I can't feel anything. But guys, you know what? If a situation arises in that moment, that I need to use the power of God on the inside of me. I will switch just like that. I don't want to feel. I don't need to feel. Because my feeling is subject to circumstances and situations around me. Even this morning, I have not had a good night's sleep, to be, to be honest, because I was up till very late this morning. <laughs> I, the devil doesn't want to cross the line with me this morning, but because that's when you will know that I'm not tired. And I will deal with him in the power and the name of the Lord Jesus, and I will go back and look for food and try to rest. I don't want to feel the Holy Spirit. I choose to believe the Holy Ghost dwells with me and is within me. That knowing is all that I need so that on any day of the week, any and every day of the week, I'm not bothered. And that's why by the, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I could cast out a, 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 a demon of suicide out of a person even when I was very, very hungry. I wasn't feeling the power of God when the guy walked up to me. I was like, guy, I'm hungry. And the Holy Spirit said, you know what, guy, you're going to pray about, you got to pray for this guy. You know, I, I said the Holy Spirit said, guy, that's how I, I roll with him. <laughs> Amen. It's, just, it's so amazing. So I will not make you feel bad about it if you don't have that kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the things I want to help, help you guys achieve, that you guys are so cool with the Holy Ghost. You know, you see a situation and the Holy Spirit is telling you what's going on. And you're like, Holy Spirit, thank you. And say, young man, come here. Come here. And you call out the things the Holy Spirit is saying to them. Like some things that happened this morning, I've called out some things in people's lives. 
by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm so cool with the Holy Ghost. But I'm not feeling like I'm, do you, do you think I'm feeling spiritual right now? I'm not feeling spiritual. I just want to go rest after, after teaching this morning. Amen. So on many occasions, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not feeling good because I overworked myself the night before. Things will get better as I'm going forward. But I've been really overworking myself in the past few weeks. And when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel any spiritual. Trust me. I don't even feel like going to work because I'm tired. But let the devil cross his line with me, then he will know that I'm not tired. Am I making any sense at all? The Holy Spirit, got to, you got to know that he's a person that's with you. Amen. Amen. Uh, so even John chapter 15, um, John chapter 16, the Bible tells us, uh, Jesus speaking about the Holy, talk, talking about the Holy Ghost, calling him. Let's go there. John chapter 16, verse uh, 7. You guys bear with us a little bit today because we started kind of late. Um, it'll be hard shortly. John 16, I want to start from verse 7. So it reads, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Uh, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteous, and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is, of this world is judged. And uh, let's, let's carry on so I can show you that he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. So I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but, when, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And it will tell you things to come. You know, when I when I read that line, Spirit of Truth, I was going to get overexcited because I can spend an hour for the five minutes to unpack that line with respect to the evil and deception we see in our world today. So I have some nice and juicy stuff for you guys. So you don't want to miss service for the next eight weeks. I, I, uh -huh. I might go eight weeks. I might go four weeks. It depends on how the Holy Spirit leads us. Right. So bear that in mind, the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus called him a person. Right, and I've tried to establish with the fact that if human beings are spirit, then and that we know that human beings are a person, then the Holy Spirit is a person because it's a spirit. And I also want to say to you that demons are persons too. Yeah, demons are, are persons too. So if somebody is enticing you to come and do some deity worship, some cool stuff, some dingy stuff, like you know, it's it's, it's not it's, it's it's harmless. You know, it won't harm you. Bear this in mind. You are yielding yourself to some entities. You are yielding yourself to a person. You are yielding yourself to persons. In as much as the Holy Spirit is on the good side of things for you, those unclean spirits, they are there to ruin your life. So be very careful what people introduce to you and where people take you to. People tell you that, you know what? I know this man, he has this, he's a pastor, but he has a power. This is power he has that can help you get your husband very quick. If you go there, You know what you get? You, 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 you submit yourself to the lordship of demons and they will give you one of the most handsome guy who is the first in rank of the demonic powers in the seventh heavens of the planet of the planet Earth. I'm trying to, because they have different ranks, right? I'm trying to come up with their ranks if I can remember them. Have I been there before? I don't know. <laughs> My wife is nodding. <laughs> right? So if you want to go for a special power somewhere, to get a husband or get a wife or to get a child. Those demons will give you a person, right? Who is well 
who is an instrument of darkness. I mean, this, many times when people go to to place for dark powers, all they look at the sea is just the man or the woman they're dealing with. But I'm telling you, the people these guys are dealing with are real entities and they will wreck your life. So be careful who you use to. So demons are persons. The Holy Spirit is a person. You are a person. The only difference between you in terms of appearance and the demons and the Holy Spirit in physical appearance is that you have a human body. But in this world, what we have is spirit. Amen. Right, so I'm going to pause there and uh, we continue from there next week. So I've tried to establish to us that the Holy Spirit is a person, is not a feeling. Right. So next week, we take we continue on the journey and look at other stuff. So now to the question. And I forgot. Why do we tend to forget the Holy Spirit in our everyday life? Because I promised to answer the question. I'm going to do this in uh, four minutes. You know, according to my own um, understanding and analysis, one of the reasons why I think we, we, we tend to forget the Holy Spirit in our everyday life is one of the things I've called out the fact that we do not know he's a person. So we think he's abstract. We think he's somewhere, you know, he's just something existing somewhere. You know, he's not real to us. We are not conscious of him. Right. So, and um, another thing I call that the fact that is the fact that uh, we do not understand his role in our everyday life. Jesus said he will abide with us forever. Jesus, Jesus called him the spirit of truth. I don't think many of us realize that we are heavily surrounded with lies and deception in this world. And the Holy Spirit is the only person, right, who can help us, remind us from time to time, either speaking through us, as, uh, speaking through other people to us, or as we read the Bible, to tell us the truth. As you can see, that many people have distorted the Bible. Even the devil twisted the Bible for Jesus. So sometimes reading your Bible, just reading your Bible, by just reading your Bible, you can you may not see the truth. You know why? Uh, because you may be reading your Bible with the mindset or the teaching of a man of God, a woman of God who have twisted the Bible for you. I know congregations who read their Bible through the lens of what their man of God, the presiding senior, the founder, founder of the church has told them. So even when you're talking to them, when you're asking them questions of what do you see from the things you've just read, they read, they read and they see it through the lens of what they've been taught. So people can twist the Bible for you to get money out of your pocket. People can twist the Bible for you to achieve whatever selfish goal objectives they want to achieve. But it is the Holy Spirit who can show you the truth in the Bible. That's what the Bible is not a, it's not a storybook. When ungodly people want to read the Bible and they think they will understand it, they can't understand it. So when people come to you with the Bible and they want to use science to rule out everything in the Bible, it tells you they are reading the Bible with their mind. But the Bible is a documentation of the Word of God inspired by the Holy Ghost. So if like the Bible tells us that scriptures were, were, uh, were spoken by the, by the prophet, it will as they were led by the Spirit of God. I'm, try, I'm trying to paraphrase this, that Bible verse. So if the things documented, if the Word of God, not everything, if the Word of God documented and the Bible was inspired by the Holy Ghost, then the carnal man, we can't use our mind to understand the Bible. Many people can read thousands of books, right? But that does not mean, and they will understand them. They can understand science, they can understand technology, but that does not mean they cannot understand the Word of God. Because the Word of God is not just the letters. There's a life behind the Word of God. There's a life in the Word of God. There's a spirit behind the Word of God. Amen. So many of us do not realize that we are heavily surrounded and bombarded with lies and deception. Even in the church, many churches, 
Many girls, many young ladies have married the wrong people. When I say wrong people, married the bad people. Because when I say wrong, people are saying, you know, people may say uh, there's no particular person for a particular person. I don't want to get into that debate of an analysis this morning. But the truth is many people, are, many young ladies are married to bad people, even in pastors, even in preachers. Because they, they do not realize that there's lies and deception out there and they did not work with the Holy Ghost. They work with what they can see. And I have instances of people who are praying for God's rescue in a marriage to, ladies now, in a marriage to a pastor. Because it looks like a pastor, he holds the Bible, he wears suits on Sunday, he can shout hallelujah. They thought that was all it, all there is. You know, why do you think Paul rebuked the Galatian church? Because some guys came into the Galatian church who wanted, who was twisting and distorting the gospel for them. So it's not everybody you see in church or every church, every pastor, every congregation you see that you think that they are sharing the gospel or teaching the word of God. No. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, like Jesus called him, and is the one who can tell you the truth. Even as I'm speaking to you, the Holy Spirit is the person who will confirm when I'm in spirit and when I'm being silly or when I'm, when I'm joking. So when we go to church to listen, we got to listen with the help of the Holy Ghost. We got to be conscious of the Holy Ghost. Because any, anybody can miss it, including myself. Anybody can go off tangent. Anybody can. So nobody is perfect, is a perfect Christian. So you need the Holy Ghost to guide you, to listen, to interpret messages to you. Amen. So when we don't understand that we are bombarded with lies in our everyday life and understand that we, there's a spirit of truth who is to, who is to and should and will, no, not should, should take should out, who will show us the truth behind situations. If we don't understand that there's a spirit of truth who is with us and what can the consciousness of him we will just keep going about everything we hear. You know, you see things in mainstream media, you own, you you, mainstream media, mainstream news. You think that's the truth. There are things that I've seen. Uh, there's one I saw recently that there was some, something about a kind of reconciliation going on in Nigeria about um, old pastors and old, and young pastors and stuff like that because, you know, the, the, the young ones have been rebellious and been insulting old ones. and Something's going on. Okay, I, I have the liberty to speak this. And I saw a video where some, somebody was saying they're trying to apologize on behalf of the generation of the Holy Spirit and I was going to, you know, comment and say it is a good stuff. And the Holy Spirit said, don't get yourself involved in this. Don't get yourself involved in this. It didn't tell me much, but there's more behind it than I can see with my two eyes. I rem- my wife can tell of many instances that I would say something and I would, always, I would almost be celebrating it like, Father, we thank you. This person is doing what you've called them to do. And the Holy Spirit would say, uh-uh, uh-uh. Then eventually you realize that there was something behind it. I'm like, so in our own family and marriage, we have been very, very safe to a very much extent because we look, we, we, we discipline ourselves and we are still in the practice of disciplining ourselves to look at things through the eyes of the Spirit. I try as much as possible to be conscious with, of the Holy Ghost. That is the Spirit of truth and is with me. So when I see things, it's just a training, something I've been doing for many years now. So it, it, I can easily just switch. But over this next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the Holy Ghost. Of, of, I'm going to trust God that it will kick off inside of you till you start getting aware of, the, aware of this and conscious of this. Amen. So if we, if we think everything we see in our surroundings is all there is, we'll lose the consciousness of the Holy Ghost. But if you know that there's someone there, the father of lies, Satan, is they out there to lie and deceive? And this is not to go witch hunting, asking, is this person lying or not? But meditating on the truth all the time that the Holy Spirit is with you, Holy Spirit abides in you, and walk with him as you study the word, understanding that when you read the Bible, you need the Holy Ghost to interpret it to you. 
it, it interpret what you read to you. I mean, this just helps you to be conscious of the Holy Ghost. So you to 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 to, to an extent that you don't need to be consciously praying, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, help me before you see certain things because is because you walk with Him. Amen. Uh, and also, finally, I also want to call out the fact that the, the extremities with the use of the term spirit makes us avoid the use of the of the Holy Spirit. I mean, yeah. Uh, let me okay. So the extremities with the use of of the term spirit makes us avoid the use of the term, and so lose the consciousness of the Holy Spirit. Two things there. You know, when you say spirit, people think you are just being you are being spooky. You're being you know spiritual. You're, you're doing something. So that term spirit. You know the the world and even the church world to a very much extent sometimes feel uncomfortable with it, right? It just because we have some left and right when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Hardly will you find people who stay in the middle of the road. So the far right may say, uh, you know, they don't want to feel the Holy Spirit. Everything they do is the Holy Spirit, and to a very much to to a large extent, excluding common sense. Right, we and I'm not. There's no. There's no. There's no. There's no apologies for that. It's just the truth. And the far left, we say no. We don't have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, yeah. We we just don't. We just don't. We don't, we just don't have anything to do with Him. And may, many of the times, because of the abuse they've seen, and some people it's because of their unbelief, or or they, they mistake the Holy Spirit with demonic spirit. You know, people will ask that. How will I know when I ask God for the Holy Spirit will not give me an evil spirit? I'm thinking, where did that come from? Why do you think you ask God for the Holy Spirit and He give you the wrong spirit? It does not add up. Amen. So, uh, because of those wrong notions and beliefs and opinions about the Holy Spirit, so the far left don't want to have anything to do with the Holy Spirit, and they're missing out a lot because that's why many of them are deceived, manipulated, oppressed. And the far right, they are causing a lot of issues for us in the church because it's all about oh, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. So, guys, thank you. Uh, for connecting with us this morning, if you are connecting with us for the very first time, um, feel free to reach out to us if you want to connect with us, to connect with us. We have some exciting, amazing thing uh, in store for you guys. We're still working on our location for to have a face-to-face. -face, you know, I didn't realize that it's, it's much of a work like this to get a face-to-face -face location. Uh, so or if you feel the Lord is speaking to you, uh, you can... You know, reach out to us to find you know a location uh, where we can talk about that, right? So, and but we are based in Mills and Kings, but but just I don't want to give you homework for the first uh, first first time you're joining us in the service, right? So, uh, in because I know a few people who, like want to watch fellowship with us, but because we we run home churches, not everybody feel comfortable home churches. Some people have kids and stuff like so. I understand that. So thanks for your patience. Um, as soon as we get a physical location, we will communicate that to you guys. Uh, but on our end, to very much extent, we've done quite a few things to make that happen. Uh, just that we need to ensure that we have a suitable place. Amen.